Hello everyone. Um, so this is just a solo Danny episode yet again because um, well, it's happened for real this time. Jessica was eaten by Marilyn Manson. I guess she just believes in sin. We already did that episode. Ah! Oh, oh, um, okay. Uh, we'll just do some crap off Bird and the B-Sides then. Gonna get it right for the first time. Gonna get it right. Gonna get it right. Gonna get it right for the first time. Cause when we try it, we're blowing so we find. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Hello, everyone. This song is not some crap. I'm, I That was just part of the joke at the beginning. Rude. It's a little <laughs> very, harsh, Danny. Very rude. <laughs> but hey, you know what? I'm glad you weren't eaten by Marilyn Manson, because this podcast is nothing without you, Jessica. And I'm nothing without you. Aw, Because this Dan. week, we're talking about nothing without you, <laughs> which is a huge coincidence. I just wanted to say those things to you. I That's... Has nothing to do with the fact that that's the song we're doing this week. Oh, I thought you meant you wanted to say those things about me being eaten by Marilyn Manson to me. And I was like, huh? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> so we were so in so we don't have any new voicemails. Folks, you can go ahead and start sending us voicemails. I know we run hot and cold with the voicemail reactions. We're like, ah, too many voicemails. And then when there's no voicemails, we're like, why don't you guys love us? <laughs> but so right now we're in the, uh, the, the, su- the sun sign of the situation. We're like, please send us your voicemails. And as you all know, we're nothing without you. We're this podcast without is nothing you. without you guys listening. That's sort of a point of the song that I have when we get, to, when we're ready to get to it. Aww. Um, <laughs> well, I, I did say that on Twitter. I'm like, this podcast is nothing without you. Nice. But um, yeah, so we wanted to actually, in lieu of any voicemails this week, we wanted to talk about something sort of personal. And this isn't a joke. Like, I know Jokey Danny, but this is actually something we've been thinking about bringing up on the <laughs> podcast for a while. So then it feels like, so Jessica's laughing. But this it feels makes like me, a weird song to bring it up on. At I least it's know. not running. We did have to postpone that one because you wanted to bring this up. So. Right. So <laughs> it, it's a thing where it's like, we keep waiting for it to come up naturally on the show, but it's not coming up naturally. And it's something we really want to share and mention out there in the world for prayer and stuff. But it's been a number of times over the last couple of years. Sorry to leave people hanging. Jessica and I have, for the last several years, been trying to conceive a child. And it just hasn't been happening. And it's something, you know, we wanted to share with everybody. As Jessica tells me, get closer to the mic. <laughs> Sorry. It's something we kind of wanted to share with everyone for a while. And we were waiting for it to come up naturally as a discussion point, but it never did. And we are basically asking for prayer and for thoughts. Good vibes. Good vibes. Whatever you want to send. Um, maybe advice, although, you know, advice as far as like, you guys need to stop trying and it'll happen or go on a vacation. We've done all of that. Yeah. <laughs> and basically what it, it we kinda... did all of that a few years ago. We've been trying yeah. for over three years now. Yeah. And uh, it's unexplained infertility. Mm-hmm. So we've both been checked out and we're both in good shape. And there doesn't really seem to be a physical, physiological, scientific reason why it's not happening. It's just kind of kind of not happening. And I always get the names mixed up, but we've done the IVF. IUIs. Uh, we've done the IUI. 
and the IVF is the more like it's the bigger <laughs> yes artificial insemination method and insurance doesn't cover it so we're that's a big hurdle for us to get to now as far as the plan for this to happen because we want to make sure we know we've tried everything um, and it's really important to us we've really wanted a child for years now we've been together for over 10 years uh, we've wanted a child for a long time so we're just kind of mentioning it uh, some people out there know we've when we've had like personal dms and stuff but we want everyone we want the, everyone to know we want just like everyone who can think about it and give us prayer and everything and uh so so it never came up um previously and now it's a little awkward to <laughs> it which we wanted it to come up naturally so i could avoid seeming kind of awkward about it but it's you know it's the situation and we're like we just got to put it out there it's it's the end of 2021 2020 was a thing so now 2021's been a thing yeah so it's like let's let's <laughs> good thoughts for 2022 <laughs> yeah and, and yeah so. and we have tried a lot it's mm-hmm. you know that's what happens when you've been trying for quite a while it's like i definitely tried all of the more uh, organic and natural methods first i did you know yoga and meditation and i did quite a few sessions of acupuncture fertility acupuncture and all sorts of other stuff i see a chiropractor to make sure i'm i'm all cracked and jointed properly (laughs) once a week you know so we've tried you know all those sort of things and then you know tried the first step which is just like sort of a pill thing and then tried the iuis and unfortunately nothing's really helped and i did at one point have two polyps on one side of my uterine lining and i got those removed but when I asked if that was like what had been causing it for at that point, it had already been three years. The doctor said, no, like maybe just the past little bit, it was affecting that. And so, you know, still unexplained. And now that those have in fact been removed and taken care of, it still is not happening. So, yeah. So um, like I was sort of saying, like any advice people might have, Good IVF doctors. Did I get the letters right that time? You did. I did. In California. <laughs> Any other like very specific advice as opposed to what we've already <laughs> we've almost guaranteed <laughs> to have already tried. So yeah, it never came up uh, naturally, which which was would have been the more comfortable way to talk about it. But it's been hanging and it's been something we've been meaning to bring to the show. We've been meaning to bring it to the show to you guys because we're nothing without you we're nothing without our listeners exactly it's something we just kind of wanted to share with everyone who takes the time to listen to us yeah blather on about relying care exactly week. you let us into your homes and we <laughs> want to let you into ours wait i guess we already kind of do well whatever <laughs> we just wanted to to throw it out there so it feels a little awkward to bring it up in this way to just force it and say it but we're like it keeps hanging over us and we just wanted to say it and nothing without you that feels somewhat appropriate it's like a positive god song as we'll get into and it's also about gratitude and so or is it we'll talk about that but you know know, there's there's... no songs about trying to get pregnant and not being able to get pregnant that reliant k sings so how else was it gonna come up are you sure there isn't like uncollapsible lung (laughs) those aren't about trying those are about probably not trying I you smell so. like condoms in my car. Wait, that's what? not how that song goes. <laughs> that would be so much worse. 
Any other top of the show business, Danny? Fans would be so bad if the word condom was... They'd be like, oh, I don't even care that you said drinking anymore. (laughs) Um, Any other top of the show business? Not that I can think of at the moment, no. This week, we're talking about Nothing Without You from Burden the B-Sides, originally off of the vinyl countdown 7-inch, which was the second, second... thing released on mono versus stereo as we learned (laughs) also i just realized uh we talked about you know i talked about this a little bit when we finished the we finished the reliant k book we finished the complex infrastructure and how we haven't finished any albums yet well definitively we can say for sure we're now finishing the vinyl countdown but nice yeah because we did the five iron frenzy is dead or dying songs with magnified pod and we did um what's the other one the vinyl countdown song with Brad Moist from Goatee Records and Mono vs. Stereo. So this is the last song off of that 7-inch. Nice. Did we get that episode up, the book club conclusion? Not yet. yet? Okay. Not yet. We're gonna, that'll, be up, uh, that'll be up this week. And exciting. We each say what our type would be, <laughs> what our stereotype is. Are you the Jessica right. or the Danny? Yeah, if, Jessica, if, if we were chapters in the book. <laughs> This song's great. Is this not a song that I get? I've listened to this song, but it's not a song that like. This is the most I like concentrated on the song ever. It's wow. it's very similar to like it's a good song, right? And it's like a rock and punk anthemic. It's not super Reliant K. Like it's it's not it's it not, really isn't. It's not the most Reliant K song, but it's it's a number of things. It's like how we talk about you know Reliant K gets labeled in this pop punk thing. And they're not really pop punk. It's just this overarching umbrella for all things pop punk and how like Paramore gets thrown in that group. But really Paramore is not pop punk and they're not emo. And Ryan Kay's not emo. And these bands aren't, these bands that get called pop punk are pop punk. I don't know. Like, like three songs I've heard of Paramore sound pretty pop punk to me. I know. But w- <laughs> w- when you take the band as a whole, it's it's like pop, it's like pop punk inspired rock or alternative rock or pop rock gotcha that's what kind of we talk about this with relying k how they're really more of a pop rock band that's faster and has some influence from an mxpx or others or weezer and stuff like that right so they get labeled in this pop punk thing and when you really listen to their songs they're not strictly pop punk this song is yeah. So that's what I'm trying to get at. This song is so 2003 Hot Topic, or at least it has some very Hot Topic elements mixed with Sun. Right. <laughs> you could walk into either one of those stores, and I feel like this song could be playing. And yeah, I would really love to know the inspiration for this song, which I did not come across in my research this week, because it really doesn't sound very Reliant K at all. So was that just like the theme of this uh, seven inch were they just trying to go with were they emulating other bands that they were touring with at the time because they have the five iron frenzy song on there and then i mean i don't know the final countdown sounds really okay but you know like what, right. what exactly were they going with with this theming and you had mentioned well we I take that back. We know that Fillmore was touring with them at the time, but this does not sound like Fillmore, no. who I was not familiar so, with and had to look up, not on Spotify, difficult no, other, to find on YouTube. Other artists are Don't put Fillmore. it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so to, to, well, to set this up, right, a number of things were happening when we were researching this song. It's like, first of all, I was like, I know someone from Fillmore is on the original EP and therefore on the song's 
when they get moved to burn the B-sides. It turns out it's the drummer of Fillmore drummed on the Five Iron Frenzy songs, which I don't even think we noticed or realized at the time. And the Vinyl Countdown, just not this song. He's credited as being on all of the... Hold on, I've got it. Hold up. Uh, Yeah, the credits in the booklet of The Bird and the B-Sides showed that Fillmore drummer and former Reliant K fill-in drummer Brett Schoenman played drums on every song of this EP except We're Nothing Without You. Gotcha. Yeah, I think he filled in. Meaning the Vinyl Countdown EP. Right. I believe he's... We're connecting little dots of little fragments of information that we get on this show all the time, but we never put them together. Every time we watch that Florida YMCA skate park video uh, when a song is played that we're covering at that show, Mm -hmm. that's who's drumming in that set. Oh, gotcha. And we don't have like a definitive timeline to prove this, but it seems like this is after Steven left the band and before Dave officially takes on as the permanent drummer because the timeline kind of lines up there's as far as youtube helps you visualize this stuff it's like detroit show 2000 steven's on the drums and then ymca skate park which i can't remember is either late 2000 or early 2001 with brett from fillmore on drums and they call they they say thanks to brett for filling in so steven's gone and then by you know 2000 by later in 2001 Dave's now in the band by the time of the Electric Youth tour and by the time uh, Anatomy of Tongue and Cheek is ready to come out Dave's in the band so i'm wondering what the timeline is for Dave joining the band like if we, you know if we ever interview Dave or uh, you know if if Reliable J ever interviews him i don't want to fight over <laughs> possibly trying to get guests i'm just saying it'd be interesting to learn the timeline specifically of Stephen leaving and Dave being asked to join the band and when did he join the band and how did they know him and was he just not ready to go on tour like was Dave set up to be the new drummer but he couldn't go on that on that tour that included the YMCA show or what you know what was going on um we were confused a little bit coming back to this EP we were like what did uh what did Brett do on this EP and I thought for a second that the chorus, the We're Nothing Without You parts, again, like has happened a couple times this month, don't sound like Matt to me. It sounds like Dave. It sounded like Dave. Mm. The, the screaming We're Nothing Without You parts really sound like Dave. They have a quali- They have that quality of it not being Tyson's voice. So I feel like a lot of the chorus is Dave singing. But then I wondered for a second, like, is it Brett? I don't know. We have no idea what Brett's voice sounds like. <laughs> so... I, but then I looked. You looked into it, and Brett's not on this track. So, uh, but we'll get to the Dave possibility of singing the chorus in a minute. Yeah. So I wonder when the songs for this EP were recorded, and and maybe even not this one, since it could have come along later, since it does not have the drummer from Fillmore on it. But I'm just wondering what the timeline is for that. Did they do that when they had him filling in? When they did the the Five Iron Frenzy songs, when did Five Iron Frenzy break up, Danny? 2003. 2003. The year so, that this, um, the EP came out. So it feels like those songs are from 2003, mm-hmm. but I'm sort of interested to know why they have the drummer from Fillmore filling in if Dave's already in the band at that point. Well, we have some of the answers from when we talked, when I, well, you weren't there, but when I talked to... Um, Brad, Brad Moist. Moist. Oh, gotcha. He, you know, he explained how the Vinyl Countdown 7-inch was originally conceived as 
uh, they were going to make it just a small B-side collection. Like four B-sides on a 7-inch for fan club members. And then Thiessen just got excited about the idea of releasing a 7-inch. And then the idea, I think, if I'm repeating this correctly, was Thiessen's like, well, let me write at least one original song and then it'll, the rest will be B-sides. And then he just wrote too many songs. <laughs> and, <they were> like, <laughs> and then the, the Five Iron Frenzy song got written on the road to, you know, celebrate Five Iron Frenzy and commemorate them breaking up. So they're like, oh, well, let's get in the studio and record this as well. We can get the seven inch out before Five Iron Frenzy's last show. So that's kind of, so we have that answer a little bit. We know that these songs were definitely written around 2003. These, al- these songs were written in 2003. Since okay. the idea of the seven inch shifted from collecting a couple of B sides and it became all new songs. So, having said that, then it just seems like they had to, they were probably actively touring because in 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003, they're touring, touring, touring all the time, right? So, however and whenever, it actually says in the credits, I was going to say, however and whenever they recorded these songs, they had to get off the road to sort of do it. It's not exactly. It's like, not. It's not like today where they yeah, can just record stuff on the on the on the sound check. Yeah, and then they can release a Valentine's and a Halloween EP. Like they had to get off the road, get into a studio, and it actually says specifically that all the songs off this EP plus what's all been done before were recorded with Mark Lee Townsend at Yellow Studio in Canton, Ohio. So they had to get back to Canton to record these songs and then probably get right back on the road. So maybe Dave just wasn't available. Maybe they're they're taking the break and Dave's not available. And Brett seems to be the guy that fills in when Dave's not available. So they got Brett for those songs and then maybe Dave's available. So I'm sure it's a very specific logistical schedule that can probably never be exactly tracked unless like someone has the receipts from the time. But that seems to me to be the basic reason why Brett is on some of most of these songs and then Dave is on the others when did this where the cell phone and buffalo roam when when was that i think that was 2002 around? or 2001 okay because there's like super tones in there and okay. there's like switchfoot and ruth and a couple of other bands and stuff big bands they were touring with in 2001 but then they do have the the whole like uh pink limo thing for the right. release of uh two lefts two lefts and so it must that been... is when Dave was getting married. So I wonder if that had anything to do. I'm wondering there if that go. was possibly recorded around that time, and that's why they couldn't get him for certain tracks. There you go. That That is a very good theory. That probably makes a lot of sense. I mean, just that lifestyle at the time of just touring and, they, you know, mostly driving around the country, but then to have to do all of these things and do them quickly, probably had to fly around, like, personal stuff, planning a wedding, which I wasn't didn't even really know, planning a wedding and doing all this stuff getting to see family and all that stuff it's like yeah the logistics is kind of a nightmare and you probably just gotta get who you can get and if Dave's not available go to the second choice and it's Brett and if Brett wasn't available find somebody else right (laughs) yeah I think that might help flesh out the idea of how and where these songs were kind of constructed And this song is track one, side B of the Vinyl Countdown EP, which I think is interesting that they put the two songs that don't really sound like Reliant K on the same side. (laughs) So you hear We're Nothing Without You, followed by the ska version of Five Iron Frenzy is either dead or dying. 
Yeah. I mean, this song isn't as much of a stretch out of Relying K. No. But the Ska song absolutely is. Yeah. Although I do remember at Soul Fest, I think 2001, there's a short video, the, the show where he wore the chicken mask and it's on YouTube. And he's like, I'm going to show you chickens can rock. That one, like he was goofing around on the stage. I have a memory of him like playing ska chords. He's like, I'm going to write a ska song. <laughs> he's just, I can't remember exactly what he said or what lyrics he made up or had prepared, but he just started playing some ska chords in 2001 or maybe 2000 it's on you it's on youtube i don't know if the ska part is on that soul fest 2000 video i'm just saying like it's it wasn't inconceivable to me that tiston would know how to play a ska chord since i had literally seen it for one second before sure i was gonna mention like yeah this song is so much more literally pop punk than most of the rest of reliant k's music the rest of it is really at the core pop rock that's faster so you think with a lot of with maybe like downstrokes like ramon style downstrokes so you think and you categorize it with pop punk but this song is pop punk and then as we talk about a lot of the early christmas songs are pop punk like some of them have actual feelings of a blink 182 and some of those christmas songs have been incorrectly labeled back to the napster and kazaa days as some 41 and Blink-182 Christmas songs. So in the past, if I were to tell somebody to try to prove, hey, Reliant K's regular music isn't as pop punk as you think it is, I would say, well, here, compare two lefts to these Christmas songs, these more pop punk Christmas songs. These are pop, this is Reliant K playing pop punk. Mm -hmm. Well, now I realize, I never put it in context in my mind before, this is another song you could show. Like, you could play this song against Sadie Hawkins' dance, and you could say, which is more pop-punk? This one is. The Nothing Without You is clearly more pop-punk than Sadie Hawkins' dance. Did I say pod before? I might have said pod before, but Sadie Hawkins' <laughs> I dance. I missed it. I was just looking back at the Vinyl Countdown Wikipedia because it does say that it's interesting that you said that about the whole pop-punk thing because the Vinyl Countdown was released a few months before Deck the Halls Bruise Your Hand. There you go. So it might have just been something he was kind of thinking about and toying around with. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, those are the kind of influences that Reliant K has, but then Tyson is such a specific, singular kind of songwriter. Like, you know, even though he has a lot of influences, his own voice is so distinct among other forms of music. So then he could just say, I want to write some more specifically Blink-182 or Sum 41 inspired pop punk music. Sure. You know what I mean? And that yeah. is also one of the theories I had about the Deck the Hall, Bruise Your Hands punker songs is if it was like all of these uh, news reviewer, all of these reviews and news outlets that cover us talk about how we sound like Blink-182. We don't really sound like Blink-182. Let's use the Christmas album to make... Reliant K songs, Christmas songs that sound like Blink-182, and then we can show them, here's Reliant K sounding like Blink-182, dishwasher drums and all. Right. And then, you know, now then we can use that as proof. Well, here's around the same time. It was like, let me write something that sounds like an anthemic pop punk, harder edge pop punk kind of song. Yeah. 
Oh, you know what? I totally forgot. We actually do have a voicemail this week. For some reason, it came to my phone instead of yours, but I think it was meant for the podcast because it's from Australia. Okay. And I'm wondering if maybe it's Dinny. I don't, I don't really know. Okay. So that we can discuss about your case and take necessary action on this matter. Oh, no. In order to connect federal agent, press one and you will be connected to the computer. Never mind. Never mind. (sighs) Jessica, the Australian federal government is after us. Did you make collect calls to them again to ask about their toilets? Um, no. (laughs) They didn't even have an Australian accent. Yeah, I feel like that... This doesn't seem like a scam, (laughs) but the fact that they didn't have an Australian accent makes me think it could be a scam. (laughs) Oh, I've got another one from Gainesville, Florida. Do you think it's less than Jake? (laughs) (laughs) They're calling in from Fest. Oh, this one's about renewing my warranty. Say hi, this is Susie with calling the vehicle service department. Oh, yeah. Everyone talks online and makes memes about those, like, vehicle warranty scam calls. (laughs) And I never get them. Really? But I finally got one. I was so excited. I'm like, what what service are you using, Danny? (laughs) But, no, I get spam calls all the time, but I don't answer them. And finally, for once, I got one in my voicemail. I was really excited. I don't answer my phone for nothing. <laughs> if I don't recognize the phone number, if the phone number is not saved in my phone, I do not answer my phone. <laughs> Something else I was going to say about those, those warranty calls, but I don't remember now. So we'll go back to the song. Um, one thing about this is that I really, it, it sounds, especially on Bird and the B-Sides, it sounds really organically recorded. Like it sounds like it's recorded on tape. And, you know, 2003, like, maybe I would assume probably that the self-titled and the first three albums are probably most likely recorded on tape. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, who knows, by 2000, but, you know, by the third album, maybe Mm -hmm. that one's more, two less, maybe that one's recorded digitally. But... The albums don't have that feeling, that like very vague wobble or that very sort of, not warm, but that very organic room feeling that this song has. Mm -hmm. Remastered here on Bird and the B-Sides, it sounds very, it, it sounds a little sort of washed over, but not in a bad way, in a way that makes it sound like a cool demo tape, you know? Mm -hmm. But it just has that feeling of an analog recorded sound. Especially because I've been listening again a lot to um, the first Mighty Mighty Boss Tones album, and that album is very, very uh, analog. Like, when you listen with... And we have... We bought big headphones recently, big over-the-ear headphones... And I was listening to it with that, and I'm like, this, you know, this sounds like the tape. But this <laughs> sounds like the tape it's recorded on, the Mighty Mighty Boston's album. So having that in mind, this song, Nothing Without You, really sounds like the tape that it's recorded on. Which is interesting because when we talk when I talked to Brad Moist, he also mentioned how on the seven inch, and we'll compare the seven inch mastering, because it's on YouTube how they didn't master these four songs correctly for vinyl. They didn't really realize that. This was one of the first situations of Goatee releasing vinyl. And it was after this that they then, two years later, issued Mm Mm-hmm 
on vinyl in 2005, one year after Mm -hmm came out, he talked about how they're like, okay, we've got our handle on how to actually release a vinyl now. Let's put together an Mm -hmm vinyl one year after the CD came out. And this is going to fly. And and he he told the story how like the vinyl countdown seven inch sold out immediately. So he's like, wow, people are going to love having an Mm -hmm on vinyl in 2005. And they had those for like 10 years. Like they couldn't get rid of them until vinyl really finally blew up in the 2010s. Point is, they didn't master the seven inch by Brad Moist admission. They didn't master the seven inch properly. So it does have that slight more like feeling of uh, not amateurishness, but that feeling of sounding a little bit more organic, more punk per mm-hmm. se. Right. Of being more DIY. 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 <laughs> What's it called? DIY. DUI wait. <laughs> DUI. The most punk thing is a DUI. Oh, no. No, it's not. It's absolutely not. You were talking about headphones a minute ago, and so now I've just been thinking about headphones ever since. If you want, like, a really good headphone that, like, rock sounds really good in, Danny bought the Marshall Monitor headphones, not the newer ones, because the newer ones, the Monitor 2s, actually don't sound as good, but he got the ones that are, like, um, those ones are square, the ones that aren't square. And I put them on, and Danny was like, oh, you have to check this out. He had title for like a three-month title subscription that came with like because we have t-mobile or something Mm -hmm. so he had that going and then he had those headphones and i listened to a couple albums and i was like oh man i am so jealous because they sound so much better than through my beats which are optimized for to boost your bass and everything whereas the marshall headphones are just like a really nice overall sound Mm -hmm. so if anybody's looking for headphones go for those (laughs) not a sponsor not a sponsor no not like the ones we use for the podcast which i specifically got so that they would not sound good so that they just sound the most organic possible as like you would hear so that i can use them for editing different projects as well as this podcast well speaking of editing (laughs) so i want to get into the possibility that, you know, it's Dave singing the chorus here. I was really just vamping so that you could pull this up, Danny. <laughs> Thank you. And I had it ready, and then I want, it on the, <laughs> I want it on the speaker in the room, but it's not going to the speaker in the room. Okay, there we go. So it's got to, it, it sounds like Dave to me, doing that, doing the yelly part. I mean, that's it's it's it starts with that. That's exactly. It kind of sounds like Tyson going yeah. to the highest screamy register. But Dave and Tyson have really similar voices. They do, and it is absolutely proven to be the case when you look at "I So Hate Consequences" because myself included, a lot of people listening to mm-hmm, had no idea the parts that Dave sings. But they are the parts that Dave sings when you watch any video of I So Hate Consequences. Here it is again. Okay. I don't know. It, sa- it sounds more like Tyson the longer it goes. Yeah. But I really think the nothing without you part is Dave. So let's listen to that part. Definitely Matt. That's 
maybe that like second further callback is Dave, possibly. Yeah, I mean the "We're Nothing Without You." I 100% believe is Dave. The the part before that, which I don't even remember the words right now. <laughs> That I think is the part that I thought was Dave. I'm like, it could just be a Yelly Tyson. Yeah. But you know, it's it's questionable. The, I, and that's why I said speaking of editing, because it's again like, what if like if they change, if 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 it goes from Dave to Matt at the end of a measure, like directly into the next one, you almost wouldn't conceive it because they have such similar voices. They have to sing for longer before you notice it. So mm-hmm. it could be one of those things where it's like, hold on. That's definitely too thin there. Okay, hold on. Okay, and now I think that's Tyson. That's exactly what a catastrophe is. That I was questioning, but now it sounds like Tyson. I don't think they went as deep as to have that. Now that's exactly what a catastrophe is, sung by Dave, and then immediately cut back to Matt. Because the same measure, the same section definitely sounds like Matt later. Yeah, I'm Okay, so I think the only part I'm gonna get this right for the first time. <laughs> I think the only part that's definitely Dave is this. I think that's Dave. I think the further away we're nothing is Dave. I think that the closer one though is Tyson. Right. And then this like other thing on top of it, this like, what would you call this? Like this counter melody, this other thing on top. That's obviously Matt. The one that's processed mm-hmm. through like a vocorder type thing. Yeah. That's obviously Matt. One tiny criticism I have, and I don't usually have these type of criticisms of a song. I don't necessarily listen to a song and think what it's missing instrumentally or whatever. But there are parts, especially because here, and you know, this part is about two thirty, two minutes and thirty seconds into the song. But since here they're doing the chorus, we're nothing, we're nothing without you. And then on top of that, here's Tyson going da 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 da. I don't know the words, but when you have <laughs> the two callbacks happening on top of each other, it makes me want a little more of that. Uh-huh. So the more I listen to the song, sometimes I listen through the song and I think, perfect, perfect. You can't make it better. If anything, it's just a little tape wobbly and it kind of sounds like a demo and they could re-record it and make it even better. But then sometimes I would listen through and I'm like, I want another instrument like, you know, God forbid a horn or something, but more likely like a, a Moog synth or some sort of synth or some other, you know, guitar thing on top. Maybe expressing that same that thing that Tyson is singing. I want an instrument also playing that when it, the lyrics aren't doing that. I, every time I hear that we're nothing, we're nothing without you, when it's by itself, not every time. Sometimes when I hear that we're nothing, we're nothing without you, that part, I want that extra thing on top. If it was like a synth or something, that would be great. And then especially because at the end of the song, there's this like, digital twiddly deedly at the end like this mm-hmm. you know so it's like well there's the lightest implication of an electronic moogie synth at the end i wish you could hear that more and i wonder if it's buried in the mix but if it is buried in the mix i want it brought up and i want it to play that sort of that counter melody right. over the chorus 
So I think we're going to go ahead and take our break now, and we'll be back with the lyrics and the deep dive and the other stuff in just a minute. Yep. We want to thank you very much for listening to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Sadie Hawkins Pod. From there, you can interact with us as well as view the videos and images we talk about on the show. You can also call our voicemail line, which is 402-95-SADIE. That's 402-957-2343. Leave us a message and we can play it on a future episode. Also, we invite you to check out SadieHawkinsPod.com, one simple place to get links to all our social media and a link to our Tee Public store. There you can pick up merchandise, or merch as it's known in the industry. We have our Black Flag parody shirt, our little Sheet Boy ice cream shirt, and our all-new Boys from Canton ampersand shirts that list the first names of every album lineup of Reliant K. And if you can't get enough of us, well, good news. At patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod, we are releasing at least two bonus episodes a month. You'll also have access to our whole backlog, including our discussion of Owl City's Ocean Eyes, reading through the complex infrastructure book, and the songs from K is for Karaoke. Finally, we want to thank our current patrons, who include Daniel, Josh, JR, Jarrett, Eric, Joel, Connor, Michael, Helen, Samantha, Roxanne, Jimmy Eat Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, David, and Brady. We hope to see you there, and even if we don't, we hope that you will keep us in positive regard. So let's look at the lyrics, because... I said this before, but I always kind of thought, especially since this was on that 7-inch that was kind of conceived as a thank you to the fans, I thought the saying, we're nothing, we're nothing without you, was a comment to the fans. Yeah, To same. say, our band is nothing without our fans. Digging into the song for the first time, uh, I don't think that is what it's about. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in like a unary concept of poetry. You know, we talk about that a lot on the show, but I think it literally could be that. You can say nothing without you means eight different things and they're not only all valid, but they're all intended by the poet. Mm-hmm. So you know, in this case, the poet or the writer being Tyson. So I think like that is how poetry works that there's not one definitive answer for anything unless the poet says there is one definitive answer so when they say let's write a song called nothing without you they might start out thinking of the fans and then kind of make it more about what we're about to discuss i definitely think it's open when you dig into the lyrics i think that it kind of even potentially bounces back and forth between who who is kind of addressing although i didn't really once i started digging into these lyrics i was kind of surprised to realize what I think he's singing about in 2003 when we talk about this particular theme of like Christian perfection or like acknowledging sort of mental well-being as a Christian and especially like the not convicting not overly criticizing and convicting yourself and not figuratively flagellating yourself like a lot of early Reliant K songs are and I always point to the lining is silver as kind of a turning which is the same cd but this song exists years before this cd so that idea that the lining is silver written in 2008 or 7 is a song where it's like i'm not convicting my i'm not overly convicting myself of my sin anymore i'm not going to god and saying god what the hell is wrong with you for loving me when i'm so sinful because that's what a lot of the self-flagellation ends up becoming it's like if you don't love yourself if you don't forgive yourself then it's almost like you're challenging god not to love you there's a point there's a difference between humility and penitence 
and taking it so far that it's like you're challenging and begging God to stop loving you and that's not healthy, right? Mm -hmm. That seems to be the theme of this song, which I was surprised when I dug it in, dug into it, because this isn't a theme that you see this early in Reliant K's spiritual lyrics. Mm -hmm. So it goes, let's talk about the way things were. Let's talk about the way things should be. I think I'm certain, but I'm not so sure if I'll deliver what's expected of me, which seems like classic Tyson, you know, sort of bad friend or bad friend Tyson adjacent lyrics of I don't know if I'm going to, or time management Tyson right. lyrics. There's so many time management songs by Tyson. Time management Yeah, Tyson. time management Tyson in terms of like, I don't know if I'll be delivering what's really expected of me. I really relate to time management Tyson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's make believe, and then this is where it starts to feel that more mature concept, that that lining of silver maturity. Let's make believe we're all okay, or better yet, pretend we're doing better than we've ever been. I think it's safe to say we've forgotten what regrets were. So I think it's safe to say we've forgotten what regrets were. That takes a little bit more unpacking, but like this sounds to me like that idea of 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 Christians over flagellating themselves, criticizing themselves, judging themselves before God does. And it sounds to me like, let's make believe we're all okay, or better yet, pretend we're doing better. That thing that is definitely more called out nowadays because of uh, concerns about mental health, where Christians, like, they're so afraid of showing any humanity as if that would affect their testimony. Like, I can't show, I can't let people show me. The Bible says I need to be a shining beacon to the world. And then they miss, Christians, I believe, misinterpret that as meaning I need to be perfect and sinless in my, my, how I'm presented to the world, or else people won't take me seriously as a Christian and therefore won't come to Christ. And that's actually antithetical to how humans work and how testimony works, that when Christians act so perfect, it makes them seem inhuman to the world. It makes them seem silly to the world, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like they actually need to admit their faults, admit their sin, accept their sin, be a part of the world, not like not like a part of the world, not floating through the world, not trying to float an inch above the ground through the world, but actually literally letting themselves be a human that believes in Christ and knows their sins are forgiven. So it's and and when Christians push themselves to be so perfect, it causes this mental stress on them which i think as a society we're really fully or as a community christians are acknowledging more now uh, through like podcasts and online discussions and stuff so i think that's what this is getting at it seems to me you know let's pretend we're we're doing okay let's let's make believe we're okay and pretend we're doing better that's what it feels like to me right now does that make sense yeah yeah is that what is that in any way similar to what maybe you thought at all? No, and I and I <laughs> I kind of I, I go back and forth on this, and like I said, I think that it's kind of a, a lot more open because, and I get a little confused as to who exactly it's addressing because later in the lyrics, it doesn't feel like we can be talking to God because God is mentioned uh, as soon as God lets me. So you would right. say as soon as you let me, if that's who you were addressing. And I'm sure that it's addressing maybe Christians as a whole. Um, it could be addressing humanity as a whole. That would be a really interesting, just as you said that, I'm like, that would be a really, really interesting way 
to interpret this song and if it was deliberate and an almost unexpectedly beautiful idea if they're literally singing to the world if they're literally singing we're nothing without you and now here on genius you is capitalized but i don't know if they're singing to god mm-hmm. what if this is a christian song singing to the world hey world we are nothing without you because there's always this idea like the world is sinful the world is awful the world is despicable the world is going to be destroyed the world is nothing the world is but the world is god's god made this world Mm -hmm. and every time we denigrate the world and by we i mean christians as a whole every time we denigrate the world every time we say the world is nothing the world will be thrown away the world is garbage we're spitting and cursing God's creation, you know? So it's like God created us. And, 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 and it's like, yeah, what, what, this, this, I don't know if this is deliberate, but if to, to just think Reliant K is singing, hey, world, we're nothing without you. Yeah. <laughs> what a beautiful idea. And then here on Genius, they capitalize you, which I don't know if I interpreted that. I don't, I don't think I see it that way right mm-hmm. now. Especially like you said, as like as soon as God lets me, like, the, the, the tense is shifting, which tense can shift in poetry, especially in songs. It can shift more freely. So there is that concept. But who knows? Um, the pre-chorus says, because that's exactly what a catastrophe is. Ignoring warnings, thinking kids will be kids. So that even Climate more... change is real, people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Another climate change song, just like uh, I melted the bill. Uh, I'm Santa. Santa's mad at me because I melted the polar ice caps where he lives. <laughs> exactly. But that's exactly what a catastrophe is: ignoring warnings, thinking kids will be kids. It sounds again like a thing about mental health, at the very least, about mental health as connected to your spirituality. Like ignoring warnings, like kids show, and then they mention kids, thinking kids will be kids, like seeing warning signs in kids, like problems they're having like just ignoring the mental issues and then you know i'm not trying to make this overly dramatic but we know like mental health in teenagers is so vital because they're feeling these feelings for the first time and there's no sense that these feelings will ever end and then unfortunately a lot of teenagers decide it's not worth dealing with this and they and they end their lives right so you know i don't think necessarily this song is is calling to mind something that extreme to the end of it but to say kids have problems and we ignore the warnings and we think ah they're just kids they're just going through this it's nothing we don't need to worry about it right now they're going to grow up and feel this better it's interesting to have that sort of viewpoint here too yeah and the whole kids will be kids and like mental health issue and then go on to say uh, that, you know, medication isn't helpful and we don't need medication and this and that. And well, we haven't done that song yet, but. Yeah. Or talked about that interview. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that more in that episode. But like, I'm not taking the side of that interview. But I do know from my personal experience that like, if you're with the wrong doctor or something like they can't over medicate you yes but medication is still like this idea that somehow like medication is some sort of cheat or shortcut or it's not like it's somehow it's not biblical or that's ridiculous that's ridiculous it's beyond ridiculous yeah it's like it's like hammer it's like trying to hammer a nail into into a board with your fist you know yeah go get a hammer 
just go get a hammer. It's a hammer is a tool that you use, but then you use the wrong tool. You use the the butt end of a of a cordless drill, <laughs> yeah, or you use you know a rock or something. Like yeah, you're gonna accidentally stub your fingers, or you're gonna do all kinds of things if you're not using the right tool. If you don't have a hardware store that knows what they're doing when you go in and ask questions, it's like it's really that simple. Like medication is a tool yes. that is proven to help and exactly. is needed. Yeah, get help. And with that, that brings us to today's sponsor, BetterHelp. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think it's strange to have to fight resistance. We're going to get rid of it for the first time. We're going to, sorry, that's not the lyric. We're going to get it right for the first time. We're going to get it right, going to get it right, going to get it right for the first time, unmask ourselves, and we find we're nothing, we're nothing without you, we're nothing without you. So again, I'm just like very resonant to see the pronoun just automatically capitalized. Uh, now, is that is is it capitalized? Is it on the same line or is it on a, on a different line? Because I'm on a different lyric site than you are. And it's just that it's the start of a new line. So everything is capitalized at the start of a new line. It's no, the U is, not, oh, is at okay. the end of oh, the, okay. the, the I see measure of lyrics. Right. Yeah. I've given up on acting like, and then this is the lyric that absolutely ties it into the theme that I think the song is about. I've given up on acting like I'm perfect. I advise you all to do the same. Like, it's just like, okay, just in case this, these lyrics are abstract enough, and <laughs> listen to this. Yep. <laughs> I'm done pretending I'm perfect. Hey, everybody listening to this song, <laughs> the majority of which are most likely Christian, you cut it out too. Yeah. Stop acting like you're perfect. It's a waste of your time and it's not what God calls you to do. Yeah, nobody's perfect. Perfection's rare. And so the last time I checked, we've all been introduced to feeling ashamed. Let's talk about the way things were. Let's talk about the way things should be. I think I'm certain, but I'm not so sure if I'll turn my back as soon as God lets me. So there's like, and then there's an extra little thing going on there, but it's like, hey, don't just go around feeling ashamed of yourself all the time. Like, yeah, know what sin is, avoid it, don't give into it, don't live a life of sin. I guess that's the that's a big thing. Like Christians don't seem to understand it. I certainly haven't in my life, but the difference between living a life of sin and sinning, there's a big difference. There's like a difference between visiting paris and being a parisian you know what i mean sorry to equate paris in the sin analogy here but i could have picked any town or country in the world but there's a difference between like you've sinned or living a life of sin god just doesn't want us to live a life of sin but he knows we will sin if we don't sin then god has no purpose for what he set up christ has no purpose for dying for our sins so like stop feeling ashamed of your indiscretions your sins, if you're not purposefully living a life of sin, then you're good. Yeah. You're good, Jerry. You're good. This is my Christian George Costanza. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna <Christian> take <laughs> I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna pivot for a second okay. to relate this in a non Christian point of view. Okay. Or just in a just in a broader point of view. You could also look look at this like I'm giving up on acting like I'm perfect and I advise you all to do the same because perfection is rare. Uh, if you are not neurotypical and you find living life in the structured neurotypical life that we are all living in, if you find that difficult, it's okay. It's okay to not 
to to look at others who are around your same age who seem like they are thriving or doing more or like living as like everyone and everything in society tells you you should Mm -hmm. and not understand how to reach that not be able to to live like that and so i think that if you want to look at this song like you know don't live like that don't try and live perfectly don't try and live with how society and media and everybody tells you you're supposed to just do your best because you can't be perfect and even though that looks like it's perfection it's not perfection Mm -hmm. like you don't have to live the neurotypical lifestyle when you are not neurotypical right very good point and who among us is neurotypical (laughs) I would say nobody. <laughs> it's a good question. It's a it's a good point, but it, like I know I personally struggle with that, and it's something that again BetterHelp sponsors today. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> that I talk about with my therapist is that I have like ADHD, and I probably fall a little bit somewhere on the spectrum, and so I find it really difficult to adult, and that's okay because when I need to adult. I'm able to get there and I'm able to do that, but I can't necessarily maintain that like on a daily basis. And she's like, you just have to figure out how to do you, how to, how adulting looks to you. And she's like, don't look at your parents. Don't look at your husband. Don't look at your friends. Don't look at how anybody else is functioning. Figure out how to function yourself in a way that is good for you. And, you know, makes you, you know, feel like you're still adulting, you know? And so it's definitely, it's difficult. It's difficult to see everyone around you be able to exist at this, like, what you consider to be a higher level Mm -hmm. when you really struggle to do that. Right. Yeah. My mind is racing with all kinds of what you said. (laughs) But I feel like I've covered the lyrics it's to the extent that I wanted to. The other, only other thing I want to mention was this theme also reminds me of the Five Iron Frenzy song, All That Is Good. Then uh, those lyrics were written by Leonor, not by Reese. But it's basically it's 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 much more concisely the same concept. I'm just going to read the first part of the lyrics of that song. It says, "Where does the misunderstanding come from? Demanding that we be outstanding and then some. Perfection never was a requirement." Although some might say we desired it, right? So that's like the same thing. It's like, hey, Christians, being a shining beacon to the world does not mean you're supposed to be perfect. That's not being a shining beacon to the world. That is not a good... I mean, I will say that presenting yourself or working overly hard, like if you were automatically, if you were... If your neurotypicalness (laughs) allows you to actually not be interested in sin, that's great. Like, you, you're not interested in sin. You just don't want it. You know? Like, whether that's Christ. You know, if that's Christ in your heart plus the fact that you just don't you not, don't have an addictive personality, that's great. You are even more set up to be that shiny beacon because that's the way you're wired. But if, if, like, the common person, the common Christian is stressing themselves to appear to be absolutely perfect and sinless, that is a... I mean, I will say that I think that's a bad testimony to the world and i think that that is actually pushing people away from christ who need him absolutely i think if you are showing yourself literally in the world but not of the world showing that you are a human being who believes in christ and knows that christ forgives your sins that calls more people to him when you show yourself as an example that way but like 
causing yourself incredible mental stress and pretending to be someone that you're not wired to be like physically and people will read that phoniness and then they turn away from Christ. They look at that guy. They look at the person who is pretending and they say, Oh, like that's what, like, that's why Christians get compared. That's why, like, that's what the term crazy Christian comes from. Like you, they can tell there's something up, like the world can tell Mm -hmm. there's something up with that Christian person over there. They are not acting like a regular human being. So I can tell something's up. I can tell they're masking something. So they turn away from Christ because they're, that your example has not been a shining beacon. And stop blindly following and voting for a sociopath. <laughs> That's a whole other thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, the let's talk about the way things were. Let's talk about the way things should be. I think I'm certain, but I'm not so sure if I'll turn my back as soon as God lets me is another sort of... Uh, that's sort of going back on like the Christian topic and, and way to interpret this. It's like, I'll give, I'm giving up on acting perfect. And it's like every other Reliant K song where it's like, I'm going to give up on this thing. I'm going to do what's actually right for me, but I'll do it when God lets me. So like, I'm saying that I'm going to do this thing, but I'm totally not going to do this thing. And then I'll write 10 more songs on the next album about how I didn't do that thing when I was supposed to do that thing. Right. There's still that guilt. There's still that guilt. And I just don't think a guilt-driven life is healthy. And I don't think it's what God has actually called us to do. I think a lot of Christian guilt comes from, and I'm not, I've stated so many times on this show that I'm not a theologian. So I don't really know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what I'm saying is in the broadest sense of the terms. And, you know, being from Boston and and knowing Catholicism a little bit better, um, I think a lot of, like, a guilt-driven Christian life goes back to, like, the church, the Catholic church. Especially when you, like, look at, like, you know, period pieces, films, and, 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 like, people doing mission work. Like, guilt, the church drives us through guilt. And that's not what I think Christ actually did. Christ came to say, you don't have to be driven by that anymore. And I think that 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 driving factor of guilt is is a thing that remains from that old way of, of where you have to go through the church to get your salvation. Yeah. And if you want to go even further than that, it's not, again, not specific to Christians because you have the very famous Jewish guilt, although that's more just like that you haven't called your mom enough today. So, <laughs> right. I mean, and then I don't know enough about other world religions, but I'm wondering how much guilt is driven in other world religions. Like a lot, I think. Yeah. I think it's just a. I think that guilt is just a very common human trait. I think it's something we're all kind of 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 born with, especially with just the way that function uh, society in general functions. Right, and it's 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 a very easy tool to use to manipulate people. Yes, and I'm talking about in the broadest sense. I'm not necessarily just talking about. I'm not just talking about like Christianity and the Christian Church manipulating people. I'm talking about every sort of institution driving and con- trying to control people using guilt to drive it. So I mean, that's, that's something how- we are called to be free of. Yeah, that's how, and and even the thing that that's something we're supposed to be free of, that's how cults get you. Right. They're like, oh, you feel so guilty about whatever? Come to us. You don't have to feel guilty anymore. We're here to tell you it's okay. This is literally, literally what Christ called us not to do. He said, hey, you're all guilty. 
I'll take the guilt. I'm gonna take the guilt. It's mine now. It's not your fucking guilt anymore. So that's li that's like that's what Christ came to Earth to do. And then so when we keep languishing in our guilt, it's like we're saying, "Hey, Christ, I know you came down here and suffered to take this guilt on for yourself." But I'll just hang on to some of that guilt. I'll just, don't worry about the thing you suffered to do for me. I'll keep doing it. That's so insulting to the very core of the idea of Christ. <laughs> it is, but it's also an, an issue of control. Right. There is a sense of control over how uh, over uh, that particular emotion and over how you're feeling and, and that sort of thing, which is a whole deeper conversation <laughs> that we'll kind of move on from, from on now. On patreon.com slash Oh, no. <laughs> But no. we've spent a, a long time on these lyrics, so yeah. I think we should maybe maybe move on just a little bit. I think we're running out of time. I'm not going to get to talk about how The Weeknd has a song by the same title. And Luther Vandross. Okay. <laughs> <Or> Vandross. <laughs> so your deep dive. We have song meetings, because of course we do. Ah, go oh my gosh, song me welcome to song meetings. We ask for your consent to use your personal data. What? <laughs> Since when? I guess we're gonna have to consent because it's the only option we're really given. We have four comments. Chilltown twenty two on August twenty seventh, two thousand eight. Well, obviously, if they're from Chilltown, they don't even need this song because they know, man. <laughs> I think the whole purpose of this song is saying that no matter what your life consists of, in the end, it's all about having God in your life. Sure. Uh, music, is, music is Life 11 on April 14th, 2010 said, More people need to know about this song. It's talking about how God is there to help every step of the way with us, and we are nothing without him. That is one way to look at it, and they got a, a plus or whatever because it says plus one next to them, so I guess they got a thumbs up or something. Uh, Rockstar729 on August 14th, 2008 said, Never heard it before, but it sounds cool. I wanted to be the first post. <laughs> Song meetings does not list these in order, <laughs> clearly. That's like someone, like, that happens on Yelp. Like, people just, like, want to review things, be the first review. And they'll yeah. <laughs> be like, oh, great experience. And that's all they say. But they haven't, they weren't actually there. In the airwaves, seven... 11 on March 14, 2009, sorry, at, like every other letter is capitalized and it really threw me off, said, they released it on Bird and the B-Sides. This song makes me smile. Smiley face. Well, <laughs> dig a little deeper. It Music might make, no, make you smile it. if it helps you be, feel more free. More free free, free from your guilt and well, no, Yes, I meant that it wasn't released on Bird and the B-Sides. <laughs> then... 37 emo songs you doodle on your Chuck Taylors from mtvnews.com. <laughs> right. <laughs> this on mtvnews.com? This song, no. Oh, okay. This song is not one of them. It's going to be Be My Escape. But oh, okay. Number one, they said, was Taking Back Sunday's Cute Without the E, cut from the team. I mean, even in the, the, the bastardization of the concept of emo relying k is not an emo band like flat out they're just not an emo band they're not an emo band it's just not they're not they're not it's like no. it's just it's not they're not <laughs> like i don't know how else to describe it so they ranked this at number six relying k be my escape most angsty lyric i am a hostage to my own humanity <laughs> 
I mean, <laughs> I guess like, individually. This should be titled Angsty Lyrics to Doodle on Your Chuck Taylor. Right, like angst is not the, the, the soul. Angst is not solely owned by the concept of emo. And I'm not even trying to take it back to the whole Midwest thing and the promise ring and 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 cap and jazz and like real emo bands. I'm just saying like just because someone sings dramatically does not in and of itself make it an emo band. <laughs> Sorry, I scrolled down a little. 19. Blink-182 miss you. Most angsty lyric. We can live like Jack and Sally if we want. <laughs> is that is that the most angsty lyric in the uh, song? I can- find a lot more angsty lyrics in blink 182 songs i feel i feel like the angstiest song i can think of right now is anthem the first one from enema they've got a may song on here some jack's mannequin Alrighty. and then the narrative is a band that has an album with the uh, same name okay nothing without you yeah it's a very common title yep the anthem being from Long Island uh, and active from 2007 to present. Associated acts, Twin Forks, Reliant K, Elsie Isley, and Distry. Not familiar, but right on. Not familiar with any of those bands, especially that second one. What was that? <laughs> Reliant K? And that's all I've got. Cool. Well... Let's just check out the vinyl version real quick, uh, as was uploaded by Derek, who we spoke to after we talked about um, the Vinyl Countdown title track. And there's big differences, if you go back and listen to our Vinyl Countdown episode, there's big differences between the mix of the original 7-inch and what's found on Bird and the B-Sides, and also, sidebar, if you get the 7-inch series, the modern Reliant K 7-inch series, the plain cardboard uh, sleeves with the simple white sticker with just the text and one little picture, that is the Bird and the B-Sides master of those songs. Oh, interesting. The original 7-inch with the red and black cover art that's in a paper sleeve that goes for like hundreds of dollars. Yeah. That is the only place you will find the, that mix of these four songs. Interesting. And okay. Physically. And then here it is on YouTube, uploaded by Derek, who got in contact with us after we did the Vinyl Countdown song. And we didn't realize it when we did uh, Five Iron Frenzies That Are Dying. And I don't think it was uploaded at the time. So, Vinyl Countdown, big differences between the original original 7-inch and what's found on Burden the B-Sides and Modern 7-Inches. This song, I can't really tell any distinct differences, especially since they're from this vinyl rip. There is that warble and warm crackle happening. You can't; those aren't mastered into this track. That's right. just Derek's vinyl. Right. But here's the vinyl. Let's talk about the way things work.
I mean, the lyrics are way higher up, right? Yeah. The vocals are way yeah. higher up. So there is a difference in the mix. But without remembering all the differences in, like, the, the, the actual guitar fuzz in the vinyl countdown was totally different between the Bird and the B-Sides and the original 2003 vinyl. Mm-hmm. Here, all the instrumentation sounds like it's processed probably the same way. And if it is different at all, it's hard, you can't tell through that vinyl crackle of the vinyl rip. Just the vocals are a little higher up in the mix. So let's skip ahead, which we didn't even talk about, but that kind of cool little like bridge section, that the slow pretty part. So I didn't talk about that bridge. He's obviously talking to God right there. He's like, my spirit's yours. Right. And you help it soar. So the tent, that kind of shows that maybe the tense is shifting back and forth between who the you is, either between who the you is or to say you're talking to the listener or you're talking to God. Mm-hmm. Don't, uh, yeah. So that kind of shifts there. But I love the slow pretty part because Reliant K didn't do a lot of like, and I'm talking like, um, what's my age again? That's what Mark Hoppus says during the slow, pretty part of What's My Age Again. Like, you don't get the slow, pretty part, which was such a specific... It's such a specific pop-punk thing that you have to, like, kind of dig to find the songs by each band that does that. Like, there's very few... Like, uh, maybe Let It Happen by MXPX is one of the few songs that is just that for the whole song. But to get that like kind of like rocking song and then it and just slows down for that one part and it's just a really simple like three note melody that just kind of carries that. And sometimes also when I hear this song, I'd be like, sometimes I do and sometimes I don't want Tyson to come in with the lyrics over that bridge. Sometimes I just want to enjoy the the melodic drama of that bridge of that slow pretty part. And sometimes I do want him to come in with the added lyrics on top so that's kind of like the duality of when i listen to this song and how i sometimes do think it's perfect and sometimes do think it could just use a little bit more in editing on the the topic of like how it was remixed for the bird and the b-sides you can definitely tell it definitely Mm -hmm. sounds a lot not not necessarily sloppy or just not as well produced here it really does have that like almost like recorded live kind of sound to it like like and even in that sort of slow pretty part the drums were mixed a bit higher than like everything Mm -hmm. else which was an interesting take and it it was a little I don't want to say choppy but it was just very like almost a practice it sounded like and so it's so interesting that they could go back and literally fix it in post yeah where they could just make it sound so much better just through producing it slightly differently and remixing it yeah. For Bird and the B-Sides. Yeah. And, you know, this song, when I wore my big headphones, it does sound like the warmest, on Bird and the B-Sides, it sounds like the warmest, most analog song on this on the album, on the collection side of this album. So it is kind of funny that it has that quality on Bird and the B-Sides, but then on the original vinyl, <laughs> it has a little bit more of that quality. 
so there's no live video that I found that was ever played. And I didn't look it up on setlist, but it doesn't seem like this song was ever played live. I got excited for a minute because Chantel G uploaded in 2010 uh, a five-minute collection of Reliant K playing at Wonder Jam. I guess in 20, oh, 2009 Wonder Jam. Because it says here, songs used in this video are more than useless, devastation and reform, and nothing without you. So I was excited. I thought, oh, in this little collection of live songs. Nope, turns out nothing without you is just kind of used in editing at the end of the collection of songs. So there's no live video. Although this video was apparently... Yeah, because I was wondering how often they actually played this. Not that I could find. Not at all. I had a feeling that maybe it wasn't... Yeah. Yeah. So, but but this Wonderland, this Wonder Jam 2009 video by Chantel, which has more than useless and devastation and reform being played live, it apparently was also Warren's birthday because oh, then nice. everybody sings. Because it should have said songs used in this video, "Happy Birthday." <laughs> they all wish John Warren a happy birthday. Um. So yeah, no other Reliant K stuff. There's tons of songs. The weekend you said there was someone else had uh, Luther Luther Vandross. Lots of songs with this title. Um, and there's a, there's five different videos, uh, like, you know, people's videos, like, um, a mission trip, a slideshow of, of, uh, 2015 mission trip nice. that some people put together, uh, Fred Gustinson, Gustinson, who we've come across his yeah. videos before. He always makes these like family FMVs, just like a collection of their family hanging out in their house, you know not actually prepared not not like acting for the camera just hanging out hanging out hanging out with his family yeah throwing themselves a party exactly um and kira neverland uh has another like just like the her and her friend walking down the street together just talking and then edited to this song cute but the only one that I really, you know, you can kind of get the gist of those. But I don't know why, one, but I really thought you were going to say Kira Knightley. <laughs> Kira Knightley's <laughs> YouTube channel from before she was famous, which doesn't seem like the math works out on that. So I found the, the only one that's really worth showing is uploaded by Pascal Diaz Lopez 10 years ago with 38 views. Uh, promo Torino. This is like a, a Spanish language. A football promo video. Oh, nice. There's like little animations of football football fans and stuff. And it just ends for some reason with nothing without you. <laughs> with footage. With footage of football players. Nice. Soccer players. That's funny playing soccer to this song and i just said spanish and i'm actually not sure if it's portuguese i'm sorry i don't know i'm not sure so it's just like a compilation of soccer football clips i say football just to make it clear which which football i'm talking about that's the only one that's the only one i felt like playing so we do have two covers uh and we'll start with this one this is taysan agnersal Let's talk about the way things were. Let's talk about the way things should be. Think I'm certain, but I'm not so sure if I'll deliver what's expected of me. Let's make believe. 
Taylor's hair. It is very. Now that's emo. Yep. Sorry, now I have bagel in my mouth. <laughs> I didn't realize how long it takes to get to the chorus. Yeah. Until we started listening to covers. And I was like, oh, I got time to grab some food. <laughs> so why don't you pause while I finish this real quick? <laughs> but that was a fun cover. Enjoyed it. April liked it too. <laughs> Hello, April. We're back, and I have finished eating my everything bagel. <laughs> Let's just see if he does the slow, pretty part. You make me sure in the midst of heartbreak and turbulence that my spirit soars. I feel like we're listening to In an Airplane Over the Sea by Neutral Milk Hotel. If you say so. April wants, April. <laughs> April wants the rest of my bagel is sitting here. I've told well, this story I'm, before. I know mm-hmm. that song because oh. we got to vote on what we walked to at graduation. Right. My graduating class was six. So it came down basically to boys versus girls. And the three boys all voted uh, for in an airplane girls. over the <laughs> sea by, by Neutral Milk Hotel to be the song that we walked to. And uh, the three girls, we were like, this song is inappropriate. It makes no sense. And so we ended up walking to that and the Adventures of Pete and Pete theme song. Nice. <laughs> well, my favorite Neutral Milk Hotel song is, what kind of milk do we have at this hotel? <laughs> we got neutral milk. What kind of milk do we have at this hotel? Well, we got neutral milk. And he sings that song every single time that band comes up. <laughs> I'm so glad we the microphones finally caught it. Uh, so here's the last cover. It's a mainstay here at Sadie Hawkins Pod. Although he apparently has a different YouTube channel. This was uploaded three years ago by Intimate Destruction, but we know him as Bobby Moon. Woo, Bobby! <laughs> I'm excited. I was hoping Bobby Moon might show up this week. Yeah. 
regrets were Cause that's exactly When a catastrophe is stuff i realize i love that chord progression during that's exactly what i I love that chord progression and this cover helps me realize it but i i love it in the actual song as well so yeah i i didn't realize how long it takes to get to the chorus Bobby's taking some artistic license with the chorus there, and I like it. Well, it's kind of necessary because that song is that part of the song is really written for like a full band, right? So it makes a lot of sense. You need to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> I also like how Bobby kind of has two voices, two modes. If you notice, mm-hmm. another artist who has that like the two distinct registers is Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> Sure. Weird Al Yankovic has the high thing and then the one that's more like his talking voice. I keep biting this. I keep eating this bagel. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so hungry. I just want to hear if he does the the bridge as well. You're driving April crazy. In the midst of heartbreak and turbulence, that my spirit source only because it's yours. Hey, so interesting, he didn't try to actually do the slow pretty part. He just skips right to the lyrics that are involved in that part. Right. And that's a really interesting way to, you know, interpret it on elect- on acoustic guitar. That's cool. That's great. Bobby Gosh cover is always good. <laughs> Bobby Moon. Bobby Moon. <laughs> Sorry. Bobby Gosh is a different guy. That's right. Baby's First Christmas. Right. Why did we talked about him recently on the podcast? Not Reliant K related, just Je- Danny and Jessica yep. <laughs> related. So uh, that is Nothing Without You. Jessica. Yes. I would be nothing without you telling me. Do you like this song more the same or less than before we covered it? We're on a roll here because I think I like it a little more. Definitely for me as well. Yeah. 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 So, um, good song. Uh, yeah, I just never, I never, like, I always knew this was kind of a jam, but it wasn't, like, something I would consider my favorite. It wasn't something I really yeah, listened same. to again and again and again. Yeah. But it was so easy to listen to this song on repeat, getting ready for this, getting it just, April wants my bagel, getting ready for this episode. So, yeah. Yeah. So, thank you very much, Relan K. I appreciate you writing good songs. For and thanks. <laughs> And thank you, listeners, for listening in. And we're nothing without you. Exactly.